Welcome to the Bend ICOC podcast, where we want to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. Don't forget to leave us a review and a rating, and thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. It would mean so much to us if you were to leave us a review and a rating for our podcast so that this message can reach others. Thank you. Really, these DBS groups that we're doing work really well with just three or four when we try to move through eight questions in just 35 minutes. So, for a short welcome, I do want to read from John chapter 6. Welcome to church, everyone. And this is a really encouraging scripture. It's actually one of the main scriptures used for these Discovery Bible groups around the world. It's one of the main explanations of them in John 6, 44 through 45. And this DBS process has actually led to about 500,000 churches being started in the past 30 years. Much of it because of the promise of this scripture in John 6, 44 and 45. Here we go. It says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. As written the prophets, they will be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. That's beautiful superlative language that as surely as he will raise you up on the last day, which is our hope that those who hear and learn from him and are taught by him, truly hearing and learned and taught by him, they'll come to him. And so today in our our DBS groups, that's the whole goal is to learn from the Holy Spirit in this passage and lean into that so that surely God can draw us to him. The series we're getting into, today we're looking at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 24, which actually talks about hearing and learning Christ as well, so it's a good match to John 6. But the rest of the month of August, we're going through the rest of Ephesians 4, going to finish the chapter. And it's so great, you know, last time we are talking about the truth and love in Ephesians 4, This gives you all the parameters for how to build one another up, how to let wholesome talk come out of your mouth, how to give one another grace, so many practicals about how to really pour into each other. So that's our series for this month. And my one other encouragement for DBS groups, even when we go to three tables next week, for the month of August, try to stick with the same group at the same table. That way you can build some consistency in praying for one another, helping one another, learning from one another, and after a few weeks we can change it up again, but that way we can bear with one another. With that, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer before getting into our Ephesians 4 passage today at our tables. Father God, thank you so much for, well, for that superlative promise you give in John 6 that those who hear you and really learn from you you're going to raise them up on the last day. They're going to find you, to come to you, God. Um, Lord, I know we have the free will to stop that process, but I know that you're drawing us to you. Lord, we, we trust the expertise of your Holy Spirit, and we trust your word as we lean into it today, God. So I pray that you can reveal things to us, put it on our hearts, and that we can learn from and follow you today, God, and that we can be equipped through these questions to take this discovery process to helping others throughout the week. God, I pray for our hearts and contribution, giving digitally online or the box in the back of the room, that we just do that cheerfully, sacrificially, God. 
Lord, you are our Lord. We thank you for giving us life. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So Ephesians 4, 17 through 24, my reference down here is wrong. Guys, I want to talk about a few quick points, really just to pull the gospel out of this passage and lead us into our time of communion. And i got to pull up my notes, but it all starts right here with what he says of this futility of mind, right? And it's kind of strong words. It's like, oh, uh, my thinking, everything, my mind, it, it's futile. And according to Paul, yes, this word comes up again and again. I have all of these references here just to hit very quickly, that the Bible says without our faith, and if Jesus hasn't risen, then our faith itself is futile, not only our mind. It goes on to say the wisdom of the world is futile. It goes on to say that the world doesn't know God in its wisdom, and that's why we need to preach Christ to the world. It even says when you get into Romans chapter 8 and these things that talk about how God set up His creation that's, that's groaning and longing for Him, says that God preordained this kind of wisdom in the world that's destined to fail without Him. That it's foolishness to God. And in the immediate context, just Ephesians in chapter, chapter 2, it talks about how dead we are before we've been made alive in Christ and that Satan is, is going after and working through the minds of people in the world. And the reality is that the most brilliant minds on the planet all of their thinking is futile without Jesus Christ. Futile in the sense that it cannot raise us to new life, it cannot recreate us or renew us like the Word of God can. Satan likes to work with those minds. Pretty hopeless when we read those first few verses, and I'll go back to the slide here. The first three verses, then it, it suddenly shifts that, hey, this is not the way you learned Christ. It gets into the renewal. And this is almost the crux really for all of the book of Ephesians. It goes from talking about the grace of God to the new life of walking in that grace. And Paul makes it very clear right here that, hey, it looks totally different, this new walk. In fact, it looks like a totally new creation. What does it look like? Someone who's been saved, someone who's walking as a follower of Jesus. Paul's starting to talk about it right here. It means you're no longer futile of mind. It means as he goes on, and I love how you can trace it here. The old self, that walk was because of a futile mind, because of a darkened understanding, because it's alienated from God, because of ignorance, because of hardness of heart. And as those thoughts are acted upon, they increase, and because of the darkened understanding, they consume more and more of our desires, and addictions grab hold, and we give ourselves up to sensuality. It all flows into each other. I've been caught in that thinking before and in the world. And it always wants to surface again, doesn't it? And come back and take hold of our minds. Now, often we... We want to justify our wisdom by asking what about the person who's just ignorant or doesn't know God or is alienated from God. That doesn't sound fair, but Paul makes it clear here, it all goes back to this hardness of heart. It's not that people don't know God, it's that their hearts are hard to knowing God. And it's not so much that they had a tough walk or a tough life and that gave them a tough heart. 
It's that a tough heart led to this more calloused and more ingrained habitual futile thinking and alienation from God. But just as much as we can continue to fuel this regression from God and walking away from Him, we can also choose to repent and be renewed and come to Him. So let's talk about that. The amazing good news, we can submit to the power of God here. Paul has this unprecedented Greek construction right here when he says, you learned Christ. It's this combination of learning and doing in the Greek that, hey, you learned this. It's kind of weird. He's like, hey, you learned Alejandro, didn't you? Well, this is what it looks like if you learned Alejandro. You're going to look like Alejandro in true righteousness and holiness. And it's weird to say that, right? Like you learned a person. <laughs> it's kind of strange that Paul says it that way here. But he talks about that a lot in Ephesians 2, that it was Christ who came and preached peace to us. In Ephesians 3, he says that, hey, Christ dwells in our hearts. And that we need to comprehend the height and the depth and the breadth of that love. And so I would say the degree to which we're comprehending that height and depth of Christ is the degree to which we're learning Christ. John 6 that I mentioned in our welcome, the degree to which we're learning from the Father and hearing from the Father and being drawn to the Father. Or as it'll say in verse uh, 23, that the degree to which the Holy Spirit is renewing our minds, or the spirit of our mind. We want the renewal of mind, not the futility of mind. You know, God says this when it comes to grace. When, and I'll share for myself, when I was in the world, I was definitely hard-hearted, giving over to sensuality, caught in habits, going to parties, looking at impure things online, and engaging in impure things in the world, and more and more of this life, and I, I couldn't beat it alone. I needed Holy Spirit renewal. And the way I was walking around, I was, it's not so much that I put on this new self, this new uniform. I, I kind of just put on a costume, and I called myself a Christian, but I kept on doing all of those things. And according to Paul, he would tell me right here, no, you didn't put on the new self. The new self confesses and repents when they fall into sin. And this is what I really didn't lean into when it comes to the grace of God that's at power here. In Titus 2, 11 through 12, it says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. That's what that to learn Christ looks like. It's His grace teaching us to say no to these sensualities and passions and futile thoughts. The truth is important. Verse 21, you are taught in Him as the truth is in Jesus. I just got to say, guys, that gospel truth, we got to get it deep, deep down in our souls. Those are the words of life. That's what can raise us to new life. John 8 says that the truth sets us free when we hold to the teaching of Jesus. you got to dwell on His teachings and His truths and His promises, and you got to pray through them and get them deep down into this heart level and comprehend that love. If deceit shaped the old self, then this truth that you learned in Christ Jesus is what is going to spiritually form the new self. 
we're always being formed by something. So is it going to be deceit or the truth? We want to get rid of that dark alienation. We want to get rid of that ignorance, that hardness of heart. And the truth is the thing that helps us to do it. Verse 22, I'm coming to an ending right here. It just says that a new self is a very visible thing. I think that's why Paul paints this picture. A lot of preachers, they preach from this on put on new clothes. This is the word picture. But it's more than just, well, I changed one day. Or again, it's more than just wearing a costume. It's as if this is a uniform you can identify me by. The way I walk, the way you see this new self is a totally new creation, different person. If you learned Christ Jesus. If you learned this person of Jesus, then you're also putting on a new person in his likeness. Galatians 2.20 says we've been crucified with Christ. Galatians 5.24 says we've crucified our flesh and passions. You guys, I, I love what Paul always gets back to with this righteousness and holiness. It's not so much that we have to muscle and fight off of our own strength to become these things. Paul is saying, hey, if you are saved by Christ, you already are these things. Lean into that identity. I know you don't believe it, but lean into it. Act like it. You learned this. You remember it. Live it out. Remember God's grace and what it is teaching you. Remember that He's within you. Comprehend that love. Remember that the Holy Spirit is actively renewing your mind. Don't fight and fight and fight to become, but remember it's who you already are. It's the person Jesus created you to be. When He saved you, bam, you're a new creation. You don't recreate yourself. You already are. You don't create yourself. You conform to the person Jesus knows you to be and has created you to be. The good works He set before for you to walk in. The masterpiece who you are in Christ Jesus as clay in the potter's hands. Guys, this isn't just a different life. It's a new life and the only life that isn't futile. It's the only way by learning from His grace and His truth to not continually regress into these thoughts, these sensualities, and this hardness of heart. It's a totally new life. So do you share Jesus' conviction that what the world does is futile? In Jesus' words, he takes it a step further in Paul. He just says the world is evil. And it needs to be renewed. How does that conviction show up in your actions and your walk? In what ways has your thinking changed the most as you've learned Christ and the Holy Spirit has renewed your mind? Do you think differently now? How can you think differently? Let's think about His love and His grace. Comprehend the person Jesus has created you to be. Let's go to Him with a word of prayer. Father God, we just thank You and are humbled by this verse. We, Lord, when we consider Your part and our part, we see the first half of things that we often fall into and give ourselves up to and and then we see everything that you're doing, God, that even though we have that futility, that we have 
those passions and those desires that, Lord, you are working in our hearts and in our minds to give us new passions, new thoughts, new desires. And God, I need that. Lord, I need that deep down in my soul. I need your truth, God. Lord, so often I'm looking at myself or the ways I mess up when I think those thoughts again. When I give up to those sensualities again, Lord, I get so focused on the sin rather than on you. So God, help us all as we experience this renewed creation, this renewed mind, that it's a mind that knows your love, knows your grace deep, deep down in our soul, God. Help us to walk in and live that out this week as we obey the, what we're learning in the person of you, Jesus Christ. And God, we thank you for so we're about to take this bread and this juice representing your body and your blood. God, we thank you that we can become this new person because you first became like us and died for us. In Jesus' name, amen.